Hey, Spring Branch, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to worship the name of Jesus again together. We're going to dig into to God's Word, and we're going to hear the second part of our series, Miracles of Jesus. I'm so excited to share this important message with you and your family this morning. But first, just want to encourage you, challenge you to share this video with your friends, your families, your neighbors through Facebook, Instagram. We want to get the word out as much as we can during this time. Finally, just want to say we are the hands and feet of Jesus, aren't we? As a church, we're not confined to four walls, especially now in this season. We want to be for the city, not just in the city. We want to be externally focused and reaching out to our neighbors. One way we're doing that as a church is we're partnering with the food bank in Norfolk, and we're providing food for them to distribute to senior citizens, low-income families, and children. So excited about it. So this week, starting Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., we're going to have a drop-off point at the front portico, and you can drop off non-perishable items, boxes, cans of food, anything you want, and we will distribute it to the food bank so they can then share it with those in need. I'm really excited about it. You can also give a financial donation. I believe there'll be a link on the screen for you to do that. Thanks so much for being the church during the season, Spring Branch. Right now, we're going to sing a song called Stand in Your Love. We sang it last week. God says, do not fear. Let's stand in the love of Jesus together. There's power that can empty out a grave. 
the bird. 
Hey Spring Branch, Eric here, and if you don't know me, I'm the student ministry director. And just saying students, it just reminds me of how much I really do miss students, even though it's been a short time, it seems like it's been forever. And um, I can't wait until everything is just normalized and we're on the other side of this thing. But I'm just joining you here um, from, from my own little space, just like you're in your own little space and in your own home and your living room. And I just want to thank you for joining us. And, and, and I just want to encourage you um, that ministry is still happening. Uh, we're still talking to kids. We're still meeting with them digitally, um, utilizing every resource that we have uh, at our disposal to do that and um, doing the best we can. And so I just wanted to thank you again for continuing to support ministry in this crucial time. Um, and, and if you don't know how to do that, you can do that by downloading the PushPay app um, or just going to Spring Branch slash giving to do that. Again, I miss you guys. I'm praying for you all. So thankful to be with you today. I hope you enjoy this next installment of Heath's Miracles message. Um, it's going to be great. I'm going to be watching it with you. See you later. All right, it's good to be together here this morning. We are going to be talking about John chapter 4 and the second miracle that Jesus performed. This one is about an official, a royal official, and the healing of his son. Important message, I think, for all of us today. Uh, let me just pray, and then we'll jump into it. Pray with me. God, thanks so much for being with us today, just as you are every day. God, reveal your presence to us in a powerful, personal way. God, draw us closer to you during this time. It's a time of desperation. It's a time of crisis. It's a challenging time, God. Reveal your personal, powerful presence to us, God. Give us strength. Lord, uh, give me strength as I preach your word here today. Uh, Lord, fall on our hearts, God, in a, in a fresh, powerful way. Lord, we need you. God, thank you for the military all around the world, even in this country, Lord. Bless them, give them protection, comfort their families during this time. Thank you for their sacrifice, Father. Open up our eyes so we can see the wonderful things in your law today. Amen. Last week, we talked about how miracles are signs. They're signs that point to something else, right? There's signs that point to something beyond itself. And uh, this morning, I'm going to talk about a couple of signs that, that I think of. I think of this logo, the Apple, right? We all know that this is a computer. Many of us have it. I have it. I use it every day. Uh, but this, this logo in particular is multicolored. And this one reminds me of my grandma growing up. And she was a unique, extraordinary grandma. Uh, she, she actually introduced me and my family to the computer, uh, so she would sit with me and we'd, we'd play games and she'd walk me through an Apple computer. And I just remember this sweet, rich time with my grandma growing up. And, and she was just, uh, she was an amazing person. She was kind of ahead of her time. But this logo, this sign, isn't just a computer to me. It points to something beyond itself. Also, uh, you'll see another image on the screen. It's the state of California. Uh, it's not just 
uh, a land flowing with milk and honey, right? It's not just a, a land of, of, of wine and, and great beaches, but it reminds me of the time that Lindsay and I spent together about a year and a half after we got married, went out there, went to school, and I remember just a, a great time together before we had kids. She worked while I went to school. We went to the beach every Sunday after church, and it was just a, a meaningful time for both of us early on in our marriage. Uh, so again, not just a sign, uh, but it's something that points to something beyond itself. And so Jesus performed all these miracles. Uh, we talked about how he performed over th 38 miracles. Uh, those are the ones that are spelled out in Scripture. But as John said uh, towards the end of his gospel, there are countless more and so numerous uh, to count. And so we're going to be talking about one miracle today, a sign that points to something beyond itself. A sign is not a destination, right? It's not about this. It's about that. It's about something so much deeper. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to read John 20, verse 31. Uh, it's one I read last week, but this is kind of the bottom line for our series together. John says, these signs are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I love what he says here. Uh, he says that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So these signs aren't just uh, party tricks, right? Last week we talked about Jesus changing the water to wine. Jesus is the life of the party. He did something extraordinary. But it doesn't just stop at the sign. It, it leads to a relationship with Jesus, a belief, a faith in Jesus. And that's the whole goal of these miracles. And so the bottom line of the series is this verse right here. And I believe it was Jesus's mission to not just perform these supernatural, miraculous things, but that through those experiences, that people would be drawn to relationship with him, that they would come to believe in him. Uh, in fact, 98 times in the Gospel of John, John uses this word believe, believe, believe. Whether he used it or whether John himself used it, this word believe in the Greek is pisteo, pisteo, and it means being persuaded. And so I believe that, that Jesus used miracles to draw our attention, uh, to draw our attention and to draw us to himself so that we would come to a belief in him. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about um, th this man, the official, this royal official who was desperate. He was desperate. And I believe we're, we're in a season of desperation, aren't we? We're in a season of, of, of crisis. It's a challenging time in our city, our nation, and our world. And uh, I really believe this, this message is important for us. Here's the question I want to ask us this morning. How can we have dedication in the middle of desperation? Is it possible to have dedication in the desperation? Is it possible to have devotion in the middle of all this commotion, right? Gotta love words that rhyme, they're easier to remember. Um, but in the midst of all this crisis, in the midst of all these crazy circumstances, this quarantining and everything that's going on, all the unknown, is it possible to believe in God? Is it possible to believe that he is good, that he's in control, that he has a plan? Is it possible to be dedicated to him in the middle of all this desperation? Is it possible to believe that he can do a miracle in the middle of all this mess? And there's a story right here, as I mentioned, the royal official. Um, let's read about it. John 4, 46. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee. This is Jesus. He had turned the water into wine. Remember last week in Cana? And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is about uh, 24 miles away from Cana. Uh, it's actually down by the sea. And so 
this royal official catches wind that this Jesus is 24 miles away, uh, 1,350 feet up to be exact from Capernaum. And that'll be significant as we talk about this story. Now, this royal official, he works in the Roman government. It's important to understand his role, his responsibility. He was under the leadership of King Herod, who was this terrible, uh, horrible man, let's be honest. Um, he was ruthless as a leader, just overbearing and burdensome in his leadership. And uh, here is this royal official under the leadership of Herod. Um, but this royal official had endless resources. He had endless resources. He had access to all the money that he needed. He grew up uh, uh, privileged. He grew up with uh, endless options and endless possibilities for himself. And so he was used to, to giving orders and people saying yes and do whatever he wanted them to do. And so here's this royal official and his son lay sick in Capernaum. And I can just imagine him pursuing all the options, exhausting all the possibilities, spending all the money, all the best doctors, yet his son was still sick. Can you imagine? So here's this royal official and he hears that Jesus is only 24 miles away up in Cana. And he's come to his breaking point. He's come to the end of his rope. He is desperate. And he is crushed under the weight of his anxiety. He is discouraged. He's disappointed. And he's left wondering what to do. And something in his mind says, go see this Jesus. Go see this Jesus. And maybe he had heard stories of Jesus changing water to wine just a few days prior. So let's read John 4, 47. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. He went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. This word begged isn't just this one-time request. It's this, uh, it's this imperative. It's this uh, imperfect uh, meaning here. He's begging over and over again. It's ongoing. You just imagine him out of breath, driven to his knees at the foot of Jesus, just asking him, pleading him, Jesus, heal my son. He's on the cusp of death. Desperation. Many of us are desperate right now. Many of us are wondering how long this quarantining, how long this social distancing is going to last. I got a message from somebody um, the other day. Um, we had sent out a message on Facebook, and I received this message from this individual we had offered a prayer, a word of encouragement through video, and this is what she says. This prayer was exactly what I needed to hear today. Prior to listening to this, I couldn't help but feel anxious working in the front lines in healthcare with coronavirus going on while I'm six months pregnant with my miracle baby after my husband and I struggled with infertility for years. While these are hard times, this message made me realize instead we should all be taking a step back and counting our blessings. Thank you for that reminder, and God bless. As I read that message, I, I know that that is one of many stories right now of just feeling the pressure, feeling the pressure. I got another message from a friend of mine yesterday. He's just feeling a lot of pressure at work, a lot of pressure at home to be positive, to be hopeful, to be optimistic. And I think it's something we all can relate to you right now. This is a sense of desperation. But I believe that in our desperation, there can be a transformation. There can be space for us, uh, for our faith to grow. And our desperation can either drive us towards Jesus or away from Jesus. We can either run towards him, asking him for hope and for help, or we can retreat and run away from him. 
But this royal official, he runs full head of steam, 24 miles, 1,300 feet up. And he comes to Jesus and he pleads, he begs for Jesus to do something. And this is Jesus' response, John 4, 48. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. Now, just like last week, how Jesus responded to his mother Mary, uh, it seems a little odd, right? Uh, Jesus, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? What's going on here? Uh, but Jesus is not just speaking directly to this man. He's speaking to everybody. And he says, you people. It's kind of like saying y'all in the South, right? Unless y'all see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And I think he's just talking about how important it is for us to believe in who he is. Faith is just believing in who Jesus is. Apart from what he can do for us, it's just believing who he is. Yes, we want him to do miracles. Yes, we want him to show up and give us a sign that he's with us and for us. But Jesus is saying here uh, that he's not impressed by people who only believe based on miracles. C.S. Lewis says that God doesn't do parlor, parlor shows. <laughs> he doesn't do par parlor shows. God isn't into party tricks, right? God just wants us to believe based on his unchanging character. He doesn't want us to have a checklist of, all right, we need to have this, this, and this, and this answered by the weekend, and then I'll believe in you. He wants us to have a simple faith in him. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. That's what Jesus says to this man, and this is the man's response the royal official, verse 49 says, Sir, come down before my child dies. This man is not into arguing. He's not into, into uh, arguing with Jesus here. He just says, Jesus, I get that. I get that. But all I know is my son is on his deathbed, and I'm begging you to come and heal him. And this is Jesus' response. Verse 50, he says, Go. Go, your son will live. Five powerful words for this royal official to hear that day. And I believe five powerful words for us to hear. Go, your son will live. Go, go, you, you will be healed. I don't know about you, but I want to hear God say the words, uh, go out from your house. The quarantining is over, right? You're, you're, you're free to go out and mix and mingle with people in close quarters. Go, there's been a vaccine that has been uh, released to the, to the hospitals. Uh, we want God to just solve our situation and give us a word of hope. The royal official hears these words, and I can't imagine the comfort and the encouragement he felt in his soul in that moment. And this is what happens next. The man took Jesus at his word, verse 41, verse 51 in chapter 4. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. I love that. Let's stop there for a second. He took Jesus at his word. You can see the progression of faith even in these couple minutes of this man being with Jesus. He took Jesus at his word. How many of us need to just trust Jesus' word? His word is powerful. His word is pure. In a world that's constantly changing, circumstances that are constantly changing, we need something that is reliable, that is unchanging, and that is the power of God's word. What God says will happen will happen. We can trust his promises. And I believe that his word can transform us if we just trust that he says, what he says will happen. 
And so the man didn't, didn't say, yeah, but, but Jesus, you got to come with me. You, you, know, you don't understand, like, you got to come with me. You got you to you come and, and heal my son. The man just said, all right, I'm going to trust who you are. I'm going to trust that you can do what you say you will do. So while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. So this royal official, he spends the night and then he travels back to Capernaum and on the way home, he sees his servants coming towards him and you can just sense, you know, his heart beating quickly in his chest and he's wondering what they're going to say to him. And they say, before he could say anything, they say, he's, he's alive, he's been healed. I mean, can you imagine that scene? The royal official, the father of this dying son, just overcome with, with joy and excitement. And, and he just needed to ask one more question. What, what time was he here? What time did the fever leave him? And it left his son at the exact time the previous day when Jesus said, your son will live. Amazing, right? 24 miles away, Jesus' word, his word can travel. Right? Jesus is with us. Even though we don't see him, even though we don't smell him, even though we can't touch him, sometimes even though our circumstances don't line up the way that we desire, God is with us and he is working and he is moving even though we can't see him. I think that's a promise for all of us today. He is with us even when we don't see him. The father realized, verse 53, the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Wow. I mean, this is the whole point of, of the sign, right? The whole point of the miracle. It's not just Jesus making somebody feel better. It's not just Jesus changing water to wine. It's Jesus uh, it's Jesus doing something supernatural and miraculous to get our attention, to, to show us his love and his power in such a way that we will just surrender, that we will say, God, I need you, and I want to believe in you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. And that's what happened to this whole household, this Roman official, this son, the whole family, maybe their neighbors too, came to a belief in Jesus. I believe that, that God wants us to come to, to a belief in him. And maybe there's some of you out there who, who are still skeptical, who still have a lot of doubts about Jesus saying who, who he is and do we really believe that he can do the impossible. Um, I believe that God wants us to come to a, a wholehearted belief in him. I believe that, that God wants us to, to believe in him without doubt, without fear. I believe that there's transformation in the desperation. There's three takeaways I want to leave with us today. Number one, believe who Jesus is. Believe that he is who he says he is. And that royal official, he, he trekked 24 miles uphill and he came to Jesus and he begged for him to heal his son. I think... The royal official knew exactly who he was pursuing in that moment. He knew exactly who Jesus was. Secondly, believe what Jesus can do. Believe Jesus will fulfill his word. Believe that what Jesus says he will do, he will do. 
So I want you to, to take time to, to be in God's word during this season. Allow God's word to just uh, do its work in your soul and in your heart and in your mind during this time. Take in God's word. Uh, binge Netflix, binge Disney Plus, but binge God's word during the season. Take in his word, take in his hope, and allow his word to just transform you during the season. And finally, believe Jesus has a plan for you. Believe Jesus has, has plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Believe that Jesus is with you and he is for you. And if Jesus is for you, what could be against you? Jesus was desperate. He was desperate to save us. How do we know that? Well, Jesus uh, went above and beyond the call of duty. And he came to this earth and he saw us with a virus called our sin. And he came all the way into our neighborhood. And he walked among us and talked among us for three years in the flesh as a human being, ultimately laying down his life for us on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Why? Because he wanted to cure our sin. He wanted to cure this deadly virus inside of us. He was that father that trekked up the hill to save us. He is our heavenly father um, that has the cure for our deadly disease called sin. And today we can believe, we can believe that what he says he has done is true. And we can walk in that reality every day. Thank you for listening to this message. And I'm really excited about God's power and how he has the ability to transform our hearts. Even in the midst of the mess, we can see a miracle. Let's pray together. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you can do. Thank you that you have a plan for us. In the middle of all the commotion, in the middle of the desperation, God, you want to do a miracle. May we just surrender to you, God. Trust who you are, trust what you can do, and trust that you have a plan for us. God, I pray for each person listening to this message. God, that you would do a work in our hearts, that we would run to you and be driven to our knees, and that we would trust that you can do something extraordinary in our lives. We love you and we thank you for who you are. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, this time I want to kick it over to our awesome children's ministry director, Lindsay Bush. She has a couple words for you before we go today. Thanks, Heath. Hey, Spring Branch. We are so grateful that we were able to worship together as a church family. Speaking of family, we are so excited to share with you family resources for you and your kids at home. You can find those at springbranch.org. And also speaking of resources, we'd love to continue to encourage you to give towards Spring Branch and all that God is doing in and through our church. You can give by visiting springbranch.org giving. We love you so much and we can't wait to see you again online next week.